All right, guys, this is Stacking Pennies. Big week, the longest race of the year. But uh, before that, I had a kid Thursday morning. We'll get into that a little bit. Exciting stuff on Thursday morning. About 4.16 a.m., Jensen Daniel popped in. And then all hell broke loose this weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway and gave us the longest Cup Series race of all time at 619.5 miles. We're going to get into all things Coke 600. Great racing all around. Memorial Day weekend. Gotta love to see it. This is Stagging Pennies. Stagging them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stagging pennies. And hello, friends. I'm Corey LaJoy. You're listening to Stacking Pennies, obviously, because you just clicked on it. Here we are. I'm joined, as usual, to my left, best buddy, front tire changer of Austin. No, not Austin Cindric. Ryan Flores is number 12. Uh, it's not my number 12. Ryan Blaney's number 12. Ryan Blaney's number 12. Uh, Ryan Flores. What was what was faster, your race car on Sunday or your wife's car on, on, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, on 85. Uh, it, at times, it was Kelly's uh, Q8 on the, on the way down there. We'll get into that here in a second, but I don't want to just breeze over introduction of uh, my other friend, Chuck Bush. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. And then we also have Ice Cold Blue Mountain. Takes John Merriman. Your acquaintance. <laughs> my acquaintance. <laughs> my frenemy, if you will. He's Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. Glad to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be here. We'll keep – we just can't find anybody else to – invite on so you're still it uh but yeah god what a it was a great week followed by an absolute weekend chuck yeah i mean overall from your perspective you know good weekend the highs the highest of highs on thursday morning yeah then then the lowest of of lows if you will but from a fan perspective that was an awesome race week oh my goodness for sure no no that's definitely subjective to me like for the 100,000 people at Charlotte Motor Speedway, they got a show on Sunday night. And if I were to say, there is no good, re- there is no good race for me to want to watch from my couch. But if you're going to wreck out of one, the Coke 600 is the best one. Because I watched the entire race from my couch with a whiskey in my hand. You didn't enjoy With Michigan my baby on my – huh? You didn't enjoy Michigan last year? Uh, I did not enjoy Michigan on my rower, thanks to you. Why you gotta Why you gotta hit uh, me where it hurts? Just that's what he does. Why you gotta it's hit me does. where it hurts? I like. Let's it. just go in like a chronological order. This is my week. So Wednesday night, actually this is Thursday morning, about two o'clock. Kelly's like, "Hey, I've uh, I've got some contractions." She's had some contractions throughout the course of the week, and we were like, "All right, let's see if they ramp up." She's timing them. They get to five minutes. They get to four minutes, and by the time they get to four minutes separated, they're like, "All right, this it, like it's coming." So we get her go bag, call my mom. The whole plan was call my mom, walk. She's on the way over. We were going to, you know, go down and Levi be in his bed snug as a bug in a rug. So call mom, no answer. Again, again, call her four times, nothing. I'm like, okay, mom's out. Call dad's phones in the kitchen on the charger. So load up, get little man up, put him in the car seat. We zoom over to my parents' house at about 3.15. Takes about 15 minutes to get there. And it was fairly calm by then. Like, contraction, loud yell, baby crying in the back. Like, nothing abnormal. Get in there. That seems normal. Somewhat Just normal. a normal night. Yeah. Well, it was not a normal <laughs> night. But, like, not as, not as like... Which baby was crying? There was no baby <laughs> out there. The one in the back oh that's, full, that's somewhat fully grown. So, we're on the way over. I get him out of the car seat. I put him straight in his little crib, and I'm like, I go into mom and dad's room, and anybody, if they knew the garage code, can just break in Randy LaJoy's house if they knew where he's at because, like, there was not a stir in the house. <laughs> so I grab my mom's heel, and I'm, like, wiggling it back and forth, and I, like, she's comatose, and I'm, like, grabbing her hand. You know how, like, you don't want to wake anybody up yeah. from a dead sleep, you know, yeah. like, whatever happens, like in Step Brothers. So, like, I grab her pinky, and I'm, like, pulling her pinky, and then it's, like, nothing. And I grab, like, her three fingers, and I move her fi- and I'm, like, yanking her hand, and she, like, looks at me like I'm the damn boogeyman. <gasps> freaking out. Looks at her phone. Obviously, she, there's missed calls. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, like, it's all good. Little man is in his crib. We're headed down to the hospital because business is coming. And it was, like, 340 at and we're in Concord. We have to drive to South Charlotte to Presby, which is like a 40-minute drive. Kelly's keeled over, contractions, and I'm not trying to have baby juice in the front seat of her car, so I kick it. 85, 
a buck twenty. Don't recommend it, but I don't want baby juice in the front seat of my truck or my car, so we're humming. So if it wasn't Kelly yelling every three minutes for a contraction, she was yelling because I was driving too fast. You know that little 85 connector to 77? There's like that yeah. big downhill oh, yeah. left-hander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's like it's the fun. blinking 35-mile-per-hour lights. I hit that about 80. Like, um, I Kelly, spun out one once right there in the Jeep. Did you? Yeah. Did you blow a left rear or something? Did you blow a left rear? No, no, no. It was raining, and I downshifted. <laughs> Lost it. It was, it was raining, raining. Classic wheel hop. Just wheel yeah. hopped it. <laughs> I'm sitting there spinning, like, and I'm looking at the traffic. They're stopping, oh, and I'm no. just like, I'm like, oh, their <laughs> cars coming right in. Yes, blistered yeah. the tires on the damn well, Jeep I had. Well, you're not a race car driver, and I am, so I, therefore I made the corner, <laughs> finished it at the hospital. Come wheeled in there, brakes smoking. Like, put it in park. They get the uh, wheelchair. They wheel her up to the eighth floor, stick her to triage. The triage nurse is like, girl, why are you in here? You're supposed to be giving birth. They wheel her out of there into a room. She gets set up on a table at about 4.11, and Jensen came out at 4.16. So there's five minutes of pushing. Uh, my man was out. Ready so to by run. the math, if you would have done the speed limit, you would have had, had, had it in the parking lot before you got on 77. Probably so. Yeah. Somewhere on the – like, <clears throat> somewhere on – the the path between 85 and the hospital. Right where I spun out. And I am not capable of delivering a child, so I'm glad we made it to the professionals and brought new life into the world. So always make sure you have like a catcher's mitt in your car with you. Yep. Or at least a fishing net. Yeah. Yeah, something. But hey, there's just something about holding a new baby. It's just like a it's a, anybody that's obviously had a kid knows a feeling and it is it's like really and truly just like taking the story of your life and just like flipping another page of the chapter. Like there's this really stark realization of like, Hey, there's this creature in the world that just wasn't here. Now it's here and you have to like, make sure you keep it alive. So it's definitely an interesting week. And then you go, got Kelly settled in on Saturday. And then we, Ma, uh, Levi was staying over at mom and dad's brought him over. They met for the first time. It was cute as it could be. And now they're best buddies. So it's good stuff. It was a big week for you before you even got there because you had, Obviously, Memorial Day with USO on the car, you don't take lightly. So yep. you had a lot of stuff going on. And then Charlotte's always a big weekend for a lot of stuff. So you throw having a kid on top of that. Dude, it was brutal. By the time you bounced your head off the fence on, the first on time. Saturday, you already had a headache. And That's one, though, you know, we don't talk about it a whole lot of just like the mental stimulation you get of like the threshold because there's family, there's friends, there's so many obligations, particularly at Charlotte. Then you tack on representing Coca-Cola in the USO all week. Man, we were having luncheons. We were having meet and greets. We did the speed stage a couple times. Uh, so to meet all those military men and women, like my threshold was met before 600 miles. Uh, but sometimes you just got to power through. And then unfortunately, so then we go, okay, we'll go to the racetrack. Practice at 7 o'clock. Everybody's pumped up. Here we go. We're about to get after it, right? We bolted in first stage or first group. Rifled off. We were, I don't know, sixth or seventh in our group. Ended up being 16th overall for practice. Had a really good car. Lap four, uh, left rear tire goes down and smash it in the fence about 32, 33 Gs. That did not feel good. So then uh, flat better back to the shop right across the street. And uh, I pop over to the shop afterwards. There was 15, 20 guys, all the Hendrick guys, engine tuners were there. They were getting the engine swapped out from the truck to the backup car, which was my clash car, which has been riding the backup car all year. Uh, so they pretty much had to rebuild that one, do a bunch of different stuff to it to kind of update it. And then they got the thing running at about 2.15, go push it to the Hawkeye, set the thing up, and it was ready to go uh, by about 8.30 in the morning. So my guys pulled an all-nighter, brought it to the track, rolled it through tech. We were ready to rock, starting shotgun in the field. For the longest race of the year, my best racetrack in Charlotte, we were pumped up, ready to go. And then? Dude, before the race, they got a tape measure stuck in the oil tank. That was crazy. I've never seen that. I've I've almost got a tape measure stuck in. So what they do just to measure oil height in the oil tank, you have to stick a tape measure just like redneck style all the way to the bottom. And then when you pull it out, wherever the line is for oil, like that's how much oil you got, right? So no, you keep no dipstick. It. There's no dipstick. The tape measure is dipstick. But, cause, but it's got the hook on it. So it but it's got the, the yeah, it's got and it hooked onto the baffles inside. So like we spent 45 minutes. My car was late to the grid because we had four every single mechanic on my team, every Hendrick engine tuner there was trying to like fish this dang tape measure out of the oil tank i had my kids there and we were coming over to see you and i was walking and i saw legend the tuner on the five car and he was over there and i'm like 
what do they got going on? It was like Days of Thunder. Like we found metal in the oil filter. <laughs> like when they had the hood up on the grid, I'm like, what? What's going on? He goes, bro, they got the tape. They went to go check the oil level and he got the tape measure stuck. I'm like, you mess with me, he's dude? Like, no. He's like, and we got. He's like, I brought the scope over to try to get it out. He's like, he's like, it's it's a nightmare. It's stuck. Well, they debated on just cutting it and leaving it in there and riding. Like that's where we were at. And like that just started the day. If it could have happened, it did happen because we started, we didn't even get, we got to the grid, we get to start fired up, the boat switch, the on and off master switch wasn't working. We had to jiggle it, stick a screwdriver in there, get behind it, wiggle the wires around. I'm like, perfect. Like there's no juice. hot wired your car? They hot wired my car just to get the thing cranked before we even started going. So there was that. Plug my radio in. Hey, check, check. You got me? No, nothing. I can hear them. They can't hear me talking. So we go the first two pit stops. They're trying to figure out a plan. We come in the next time, and they just hand an entire wiring harness, like a bird's nest, in my lap. So then I'm sitting there unplugging my radios, switching channels, hooking up a push-to-talk button on my steering wheel, and I'm, like, flipping. I don't hear anything now. don't hear spotter. don't hear crew chief. And I'm messing, looking down, looking up, looking down. Okay, I see the flag man one to go, and they start – they're choosing some kind of, like, looking, and I'm trying to, like, get my radio stuff. Next thing I know – BJ McLeod stopped right in front of me. Boom! <laughs> Smash in the back of him. Knocked the whole left side bumper off of BJ's car. Put a hole in my nose. And I'm like, sweet. So then we run we run the re- – well, the first – until we got my radio working, it was like the old school hand on the door top for tight, hand on the roof for loose, and not, we were about a 10 tight. So I was like sticking my arm out the window to try to get some adjustments. What else went wrong? Came in next time. They put gas in it. The left side of the car was up on the jack catches on fire i'm sitting there the rear tire changer and the gas man back away because there's a fire and like we're like looking around and sparks is yelling put it out put it out so the guy comes and sprays the entire car down with the fire extinguisher cakes the entire inside of my windshield with white yes. powder. <laughs> and that stuff just pulls the oxygen out of there so you're <gasps> oh yeah can't breathe can't breathe so come back around and then was that on tv I hope it was. We were like Keystone the rule, Cops. The rule is like, look, man, if it's on fire, make make sure the TV camera's gear yeah. before you put it out. That's what that's what Lackey would always tell <laughs> tell the tell the uh, fireman. Hey, make sure I get on TV before you come put this. So out. then there was that. Uh, then we got back going. Car drove a little better. Drove past a couple cars, uh, and then left for blue and stuffed it the exact same way we did on Saturday. So I don't know what we were doing. Whether it was wedge, it wasn't camber because we were less than we were at Texas and more air pressure, so we weren't pushing that boundary. It's also not a Goodyear problem because there was plenty of other people that didn't have any issues. There were a couple of people that did. Austin Sindrick had a left rear tire go down. But I don't know if it's a combination of being on the bump stop hard, having a bunch of static wedge in it to start or what. But um, unfortunately, we cut two and destroyed two race cars, which really sucked. So other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. The the play sucked for yeah. me. Yeah. Now, the well, play did not suck for everybody else. That was a great play. To be a spectator because that was the one good thing. When I got home, I got settled in. I got a little man on my chest. I'm pissed off. I'm aggravated. Bit of a headache. And at least I got to enjoy a good race. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say all the – like going back to that, all the issues on Sunday were due to wrecking a car on Saturday and having to, having to get it fixed. That We see that a lot with, you know, a lot of guys now. But, golly, the race was good. We wrecked out, you know, about halfway there, but – I'm surprised it didn't bend a toe link when he stuck in the fence first time. Yeah, I think it's because he hit the bumper, bumper solid. But like when they show the in car, you know, like all the short track racers stuff that listen to this, you kind of you know what it's like to get free. And but like you got to understand, he he kind of like shuffled the wheel, hit, got it straightened up, and you're doing 170, 180. It's yeah. like it's pretty impressive. But yeah, when it came in, it had hit the wheels, but it it didn't. You know, I guess it, it, it hit yeah. flat. Uh, so that was good. Contrary, Chase Elliott hit the same way. Bends a toe link, right? Then he spins out at a turn four, and they just assume, well, instead of, so there's a couple of different ways you can not really fix. There's only one correct way to fix a broken toe or a bent toe link is to put a new one in there. But when that thing bends, it bends the bolts as well because they're double shear on both sides. So the thing is what guys have tra- problems getting out are the bolts because the bolts are now bent. So as you saw, those guys were working on it. They were on the, the damage vehicle policy, five-minute clock, and they timed out. They could not get the toe link replaced in five minutes. And they Dude, were, a cup, they were, same thing happened to Ryan Priest, which, you know, a little bit <clears throat> less experienced team than the Hendrick 19. But look at what happened to Bubba Wallace and Booty. Yeah. You know, like 
They got it fixed. They got it fixed and just didn't realize that they had to meet minimum speed. Within three laps. Yeah, and they just went out, hey, man, ride around, feel it out here. Yeah. Hey, didn't make minimum speed, you're out. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. Now, I'm a I'm a fan of the damaged vehicle policy. I'll be completely honest because there's for every one or two of the mistakes and guys get their stuff fixed to go around and meet minimum speed, every other time, that car shouldn't be out there to begin with. If you can't meet minimum speed, just park it. Your day's over. But there's a lot of guys that were banged up. A lot of big wrecks from when Ryan Blaney hit the hit the apron, water up the field the first time, and then we saw the 99 with the when the 17 car flipped, and then the one at the end with the three. Thought he was clear in front of the five. Super exciting finish, but man, I, like I don't even know what do you want to dig into well, first. Chuck? I was gonna say this like the attrition in this race made it kind of feel like an older school, you know, World 600 yes. when it was that whole the whole mantra was man versus machine. And when you looked at the the you know the scoring timing and scoring, you see out 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 like a whole like half of the field almost was out of the race in the closing stages, and that like just I don't know what was it about this 600 that made it that attrition rate. A couple things, three things. That's why I'm holding three fingers up. One, I think driver aggression was fairly high from the jump. I think people realize now that track position is the most important thing. No matter if it's the longest race of the year, you got to get it early and you got to keep it. So you saw guys being aggressive on restarts, not given a whole lot of space, contrary to what we normally see in years past. Number two, this car is way less forgiving when it gets out of shape. You saw guys like Chase Elliott, champion. Kyle Larson, champion. Kyle Busch, champion. Spin out by themselves. By themselves. I mean, you couldn't spin out. The year, the the last, the car we've been racing over the last two, three years here, you couldn't spin that sucker out if you wanted to almost, just because the more sideways it got, the more side force it got, so it wanted to push it straight. This one is a bear when you get out of shape. And then I think overall, just the, the next-gen car is hard to drive, and once it gets out of shape, man, it's it's gone. Uh, and I, I love that. I think these things should be hard to drive, and the common race car driver should not be able to just jump in this thing and drive it as fast as some of the guys that go win races. Like, that's that's what we've got. Well, I got a question for you, speaking of getting out of shape. So, Briscoe gets out of shape there at the end, trying to make a move on Larson. <clears throat> My question is, is, is that kind of becoming, like, his reputation to not be able to finish these out? Like, you got Larson, who was – he can't close. Same thing for Reddick right now. Briscoe is like we, we saw it at Indy. On road course, we've seen it at Bristol Dirt, and then now here at the end of this race. Granted, he didn't take anybody out at the end of this race, but ended up cost Kyle Larson a chance at a win. But well, I th- talk about the uh, Phoenix Xfinity race too, when he was odds-out favorite to win the championship two years ago. Yep. But he also won Phoenix this year in the Cup race. Sorry. So I don't know if all those instances are related. Obviously, tendencies. And guys' preferences and what they do in certain situations start to become a common thread. But I think the indie, uh, the indie road course when he wrecks Denny and he was kind of black flagged or whatever was going on there was a bit of a desperation move. What I believe what we saw, obviously he knew his ticket was punched to the playoffs after Phoenix, but then you fast forward to Bristol Dirt. I don't think he makes that wild of a move knowing his playoff. Pu- like knowing that if he's not in the playoffs, I think he takes the second place points instead of what rifling it in there and spinning it up. Same thing here. But he also admitted in his post-race interview he was going 110% where he maybe could have run 95% and still got to Kyle Larson's left for a quarter and drug him back and that had been a race of it. So I don't think that this is like, oh, Chase, if Chase Briscoe is in position to win the race, he's going to spin out or wreck you. Like I don't think that that's it. I think he's a bit, bit of a better driver than that. But – he has spun out running second in multiple events. Dude, I love it. Like, uh, yes. When's the last time someone spun out, like not wrecking the the leader? Like they just spun out trying to win. Yeah. At, you know, with two to go in your in a crown jewel race, like, dude, that's killer. And, and he got frustrated because, like, he got he he was better than Larson, but Larson was doing such a good job running the top. Like, mm-hmm. the the fact that he could run that close to the wall, that consistent, and he would like the fourteen when I was. I was leaving. The 14 got to him, but then he air blocked him and he got tight. So, like, he was getting – Chase got frustrated and you're two to go. So, it is a desperation move. And, like, in years past when you'd run second to take second place points, 
second place points aren't going to help you when you're locked in the playoffs. That's five playoff points that can get you to the next round or not. So it's way more important to win than it is to just take that second place and, and move forward. Would he have had to hit him to win, you think? Like just shove him off? Uh, it'd have been, I don't, I think if it still races straight up, I think Kyle Larson gets him because he had the preferred groove. Because cause if Larson would have just arrow blocked him in three and four, because I was watching Chase Briscoe's in-car camera on the NASCAR app pretty much the last 15 laps to see where he was going. And he was just showing like a left front headlight, maybe half the car. And Larson was changing it up. He would be ripping the fence for four or five laps. The 14 get close and he'd move down. And the 14 couldn't really react fast enough to show another headlight. And he would get tight in the wake and he'd reset the cycle. There was about three laps like that, uh, three instances like that, that continued to gap the 14. But ultimately when the 14 spun out, it put the it put Cliff in the in the situation of picking two four stay out. He chose with four, goes with two. Same thing with the one, and then everybody else took four, and they were sitting ducks. But if that, if you're a race fan, which some people watching the race might not be race fans, they might not know really what they really truly want. There was something for everybody. Like there wasn't a box of what you consider a good race that was not checked. I had a friend. You had a car flip over. You had cars catch on fire. You had the cars hard to drive spinning out. You had the leaders wrecking for the lead. A long green run with comers and goers. The five was backing up. The 14 was going. And then you had green two green-white checkers. I mean, damn. I had a friend that was at the race that tweeted that I didn't know they were at the race, and they said, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand much, but I'm enough of a competitor to enjoy the hell out of this. Yes, absolutely. I was excited about it for yeah. sure. And Dude, my heart was beating out of my chest. Obviously, oh, yeah. I, like, and I'm in a unique situation because – I should I'd be should be pissed off and not even wanting to watch, but I'm sitting there glued to the TV at 11:30, well, watching these guys get after. And all those, the, you know, it, it's like that with any race. Like halfway through, a lot of people like try to leave to beat beat the traffic. You left at the wrong time. Now maybe they were going home to watch it, watch it on TV and see the end of it there. But the the last like third of that race, you only have to buy half a ticket if you do that. <sighs> no, dude, I left with five to go, and there wasn't a soul on the roads because everybody was still watching. Yeah, you know we, my favorite promote track promoters saying is we'll say the whole sleep you only need half of it <laughs> <laughs> no you're only gonna need edge yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah God, i love that saying so much <laughs> well because that was so true man old old marcus smith man they i don't know if it was just a the light spray of resin the track was so racy I, like i tweeted on saturday watching extreme race charlotte is the most under everybody wants to talk about oh homestead oh kansas no charlotte right here in our backyard is a freaking racy track dude well it should be because it what it and atlanta were the first sort of in that vein of track really texas was there texas sucks <laughs> but has charlotte become better now that we only race it once and then we run the roval like is it more special I like tracks that we go to once. I think it makes them better. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy them. I don't know. I would have rather I would rather go back to the Oval in October, but we're not, so it doesn't matter. I can tell yeah. you, we've already been to Atlanta once this year, and I can't wait till we go back and race it again. Really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm or, interested to hear y'all thoughts cake too. Out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to get a fourth place cake this time around. <laughs> I need a good run. Jesus, it's been a tough couple of weeks. Um, you mentioned you know we had a car that flipped. Yeah. Like that, that whole Dude. series of events that led up to that. That was a tumble. Yeah. That was a tumble from Chris Buescher. <laughs> Man. I'm, and I'll tell you what, Mike Joy and Clint did a great job of breaking it down. What happened? Clint was the first one to spot the right front wrap underneath the, the pan and like launch it like there was a. It's like a pogo stick. Like a pogo stick. It because, looked like like when they flip a car in the movies. Well, I've seen like, it just happen. Go, yeah, because they shoot like something into yeah. the ground it and, like and it launches it. Well, yeah. I've seen it happen to like midgets and sprint cars, but not something that's as heavy as a cup yeah. car. But I liked what Landon Castle said. He said, uh, "You know, it's getting good when SMI is putting booby traps, <laughs> booby traps, in the to make these things flip over." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Landon's always got got some good ones, but yeah, man. He dude, the seventeen flipped over four or five times. Obviously, we always want to see the car get flipped over as fast as possible, but there was no fire. There was no fluids leaking, so they took their time to make sure it didn't slam down, and we were all glad that Chris Buescher was okay. Big if you, tumble. If you land upside down, now he's a big boy. They tell right? you not to unstrap. They tell you not to. Yeah. Now, if you were like, I'm getting out of this thing. Because like you, they you think, just said last week, you cross the start-finish line, and you take your window net down, you're ready to get out. So if you're upside down, I'm sure you're ready to get out. Well, he dropped the window net. Yeah, but you were talking about, get me out of this thing. Oh, yeah, 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 true. And I think your first inclination would be like, give me, like, I'm hanging by the belts, like, eh. but they tell you, 
often, like in all the safety meetings, don't take your belts off because they think you have like more of a chance if you un to be injured if you undo your belts fall on and then like yeah. haul, fall on your head because a 200 pound body smushing your neck yeah. on the roof if it's on the asphalt, yeah. right? So that's what they tell you. Now, I don't think that'd be my first inclination if I'm sitting there upside down to like not get out, but I think that that's what they generally tell you to do. Knock on wood, I haven't flipped over, uh, nor do I want to. Doesn't seem like an enjoyable well, experience. <laughs> Newman, I don't know, it's been a long time ago. Newman flipped over way back in the day, and I feel like he was on his roof for a Yeah, but he doesn't have to worry time. about his neck because he has no neck. <laughs> so he just. The car was actually held <laughs> up by still, his head. Yeah, they still had to, like, and this was, they had, like, had to work two tow trucks to get him flipped back over. I forget where that was at. Yeah. Shall we talk about the guy that won the race? I mean, yeah. Yeah, might as well. Crown jewel and his his crown of. Seemed like he enjoyed his Memorial Day yesterday. It did. It didn't. I'm sure he didn't sleep. Like it or not, whether it's your style or not, Denny is consistent with rifling off some, you know, some uh, not even controversial, some like interesting Instagram pictures. My man was on his boat, chilling, ring, Rolex, big trophy behind him. Like, what are you gonna say? Like, do you, dude? Like, you earned it. How many laps did he lead? Two. Did he lead the white flag and the checker flag? Did he lead prior to that uh, in the race? I mean, he started on the pole. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He started on the yeah. pole, too. But obviously, yeah, they, he has they, some speed. But he even said in his post-race interview that he said in his – I think this is his 16th or 17th Coke 600. He said that this was what he said by his, quote, unquote, 10th or 11th best car. So what I thought, too, was interesting is how much the track changed and the comers and goers throughout the course of the day as it led to half shade when the track house cars were super fast. And then you saw – when the, when the track went fully shaded, it seemed as though the track house cars weren't quite as dominant because the 5 and the 14 really showed up, and the 1 ended up being about a 3rd or 4th place car when, when it becomes shaded. So that's how close these guys are with setups, man. Well, and at the end of the day, the cars that were out front and qualified well were there at the end because you had the 18 up there as well. I mean, Toyotas look strong in qualifying, and then they kind of faded as the race happened. Dude, yeah, this Bell had a rough day. Yeah, and still rebounded for a P5. And uh, like guys like Martin who have dominated that race. Like I didn't dominated. know he was there. That's what I that's what I something I peaked like, you know, halfway through or a little bit after, you know, the the break there for lap 200 for the moment of silence. Like I looked and I'm like Martin Truex is running 19th. Like there was a there were 2 years ago he led almost every single lap. That was so boring. The most boring 600 ever. So Martin Truex forget how to drive around Charlotte, which wasn't the case. I did the 19 car not hitting the setup as much, or does this car require different driving styles to be fast? What do you think, Joe? I don't know. It because you're seeing it with Truex a little bit, and like Harvick's in there, like he's been up in the mix. But these guys that you know two years ago were dominating this, and Denny's in that conversation too, because in what was it 20, he won how many races? But still, these quote unquote guys that have been around for a while, a little bit older guys, like, I don't know, is there a trend there? Is I don't know. You look at Kevin Harvick, right? Not not conducive to his style of driving, but he puts himself in position because he has such great race craft from doing it forever. Yeah. But like, as far as like doing what Chase Briscoe does or what Kyle Larson does to get, you know, every last bit of speed out of the car, I, I don't know that they're as good. You know, I think Jeff Burton talked about this a lot and kind of the way that he raised Harrison, you know, is to be a long run type guy. And to, you know, they, they guys like Mark Martin, we talk about how they would show up at the end of the race, Matt Kenseth. Well, now with the tires and as much as we pit, like every run's like a mock qualifying run. You're not, every lap. You're not saving your stuff. You're, you are driving the shit out of these things the whole race. And, and that's, that's why, why you see more see, mistakes. Yeah, there was not one green flag pit cycle this weekend on a 600-mile race. That's love, unheard of. Love that. Right? So... I mean, that, how many years ago that? How many years ago was it that this was a fuel mileage race? Dude. And like you know, it's when Austin Dillon won twenty eighteen, I believe yeah. it was. The one, Dale Jr. lost Jr. it because of that. Or did yeah. he win it or did he lose it? He lost it. He lost yeah. it coming yeah. to the line. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, Dale. What else we got? Where does Denny rank? Where's he rank on the all time win We talk about you know we talk about Kyle topic. Bush and hot topic. Listen, I'm and we'll get to it in boats and woes. I got a bone to pick with Denny Hamlin, but. Let's talk about how good he is. Man, so he's got a bone to pick. He's one win behind Tony Stewart in the all-time wins list. Which is <clears throat> he's also three championships behind Tony Stewart. Oh, so what's what's it worth? I mean, three or two? Three. He won three. Yeah, yeah. You were there for one of them. I was. I know. 
What's it worth? What's, what's what? Cha- hang on. Yeah, what's the championship worth right now? Championship wor- is worth, I would say. How many wins? Like ten. Oh, so yeah. ten's fair. All right. So we were talking about this earlier today on series. So I think I think Tony is as good as someone with eighty wins, in my opinion. All right. This is Bobby Allison with with no championship. Yeah, that's fair. So, but there's not one of those. I don't. Believe. I'm just saying. Like, so like Kale Yarbrough, you think Tony Stewart and Kale Yarbrough comparable? Yes. So what about Jimmy? Uh, well, I'll just. I'll just run down my so list. So Jimmy has a billion wins by that formula. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I think obviously if we're going, if we're talking about ranking someone, like, hang on, l- hang on, let's let's just say if if Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin put press the pause button on their career today, equal, equal, in my opinion. So yes. then that's twenty wins because Denny has forty eight, Joey has twenty eight. Yeah. So you think it's twenty wins? But, yeah, but what's right? But Joey's, Tell me. Joey's been I'm, in. You're on the well, hot seat. Well, hold on. Is there a factor with how many how many winning seasons they've had? Like, because Denny's career has been a lot longer than Joey's. I was gonna say, yeah. s- Career starts like the time race, right? Like, yeah. Denny's so, like, a five race. or six years, do you think? Yeah. yeah, Joey can get to that number as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Joey's young still. Like, the, like we think I'm, I'm, he's old, been in I'm older 32. than Joey Legano, Yeah, like right? we we think that he's been in. Uh, he has been in the sport for so long, but he's still got. A lot of time left to you know catch those wins, and I to to me I think you take Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, and Jimmy Johnson. They're sort of their own, yes. Like they're in their yeah. own stratosphere. Yeah. So like you, you know those you can debate which is one, which is two, which is three. They're the Trinity. They're, they're up there. David Pearson is one. Just just get that straight. <laughs> now I mean, hey, there's no there's no bigger fan of David Pearson than myself. Jimmy like Johnson's him. the best NASCAR driver of all time. Just I think you have to I'm, factor in starts what, versus what wins. about your championship ratio? Your oh. formula debunking it. The dude didn't. Have to, <laughs> the guy didn't have to race full time seasons to accumulate one hundred five wins. He's got in cup. Yeah, but, but I, you, he didn't have any if, championships. Of minus if, forty. If you hit the century mark, like different ball game. Dude, there was three guys that were on like within ten laps of the leader back in the day. I don't want to compare eras. Yeah, it's because I don't like doing that. But I'm going to tell you this: Jimmy Johnson, number one. That's just what it is. I don't care if you think so or not. He is. <laughs> He's P one. He's P one. He's the greatest. Yep. If I had Leonard Wood two in my carburetor, I was one out of one hundred five races. <laughs> That's my so. story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Probably so. Did you see that little mini carburetor built for that? Dude, Leonard car? Wood's a badass. For yeah, sure. But I think, dude, I I I'd put Denny. You know, definitely in the top fifteen. I it, top it's really fair. it's top really 10. a shadow over his head, like that he hasn't been able to finish. And, and I don't, you know. I, not having a championship is one thing, but losing him the way he has. The one time at home, 70 spot on the backstretch. Like going to the final four a couple times, just not getting it done and underperforming. You look at the one time a at home. A piece Homestead, of tape. Yeah. <laughs> a little but piece of tape. I was like, when they did that, I was like, huh. The size of Alabama on the front of the nose I mean, of that car. What's the call there? You've got to think, though, like that at some point, that championship has to come for Denny. Hammond. Well, I mean, if, I think if you, talk, have to. if you talk to Denny about like – if you do it long enough, you'll you'll get the big wins, right? Like just. What, I think this th- is his year. You think? Yeah. Danny Hamlin's. Yeah. No, nah, eh, they're gonna have to turn something around. Who else is a though. Who else is a consistent? Like, dude, he runs second in the All Star race. Chastain's. Yeah, but other than, than other than today and points pan races, or other than this weekend, he's had one top ten. And yeah, but really I think wasn't you strong got, this you, weekend. It's how good are how good are you for me lately? He was a he was a fourth to sixth place car. This past weekend, to your point, we did see a lot of this. Like, forget about the first ten races. These Jimmy, guys are Jimmy these guys and Chad. Jimmy and Chad did this all the time. It's like they show up, they win a race early, and then it would be nothing until yeah. mid to late Til- August, and then yeah. they would just literally just it would be arson. They'd set the world on fire. That summer, well, you don't because you they don't show finding, all your cards. They were finding the qualifying speed, like they like on what day was qualifying Friday, Saturday, Saturday, like. Those cars, like I was watching it on TV, and they were just better in three and four than anybody else. All the Toyotas yeah. were doing a better job of it. Well, Chris so, Bell was on the pole, Kansas. So they're well. starting to find something with those cars at Gibbs and the Toyotas. And I just, I have a feeling that the summer stretch, Kyle Busch is going to get a little bit happier because he's probably going to get a couple more wins. I think, you know, it. there's a good chance that. We'll be singing a different song when we come to Daytona and the playoffs are getting ready. To you know well, who I'll okay. be happy for in that scenario. Ben Bayshore, that guy's got a tough job. Too. I don't. I don't en- envy that position to be Kyle Busch's crew chief for no amount of money in the entire world. All the amount of tea in China, you could not pay me enough <laughs> to have me berated by Kyle Busch on a weekly basis. I think that if you took, let's just say, let's compare Erica Morales 
season to Denny Hamlin's season, right? Like where the where who would you pick right now? Denny. Who would you pick the first seven weeks of the year? Denny. Denny. No. <laughs> yes. Dude, the ten was the ten yeah. was top five, top yeah, seven all is... the first seven weeks. Now But you Stewart, want me to forget like No, no. I'm just talking about in just terms of hitting on it at the start of the year versus the trend of where it is right yeah. now. Yeah. You have to look at trends. The trend of the Toyotas right now is they got speed. The twenty three eleven cars have speed. They were on the they, the first four spots this week qualified were all Toyotas. So like those guys have figured out how to make mechanical grip where the track house cars, even though they had their, you know, two, three segments throughout the course of the night on Sunday, the Toyotas were within striking distance. Yeah, I noticed that with happened. I noticed that with Bubba. It's like he was he was fast. And I think it seems like to me this year, like especially over the past four or five races, that car looks like it's and he's looks like he's like taking some steps, right? Dude, if you if you make the cars drive better and they go faster, you got more confidence behind the wheel. So. <laughs> now, now this isn't on a rundown. I don't want to get too far off it, but I think it's a great thing to bring up. Like with the old cars, it was hashtag more short tracks, right? Now, mile and a half are bit, way better racing than short tracks. You see Martinsville, Phoenix, not very exciting That's racing. What the car was built for Martinsville. We had more green flag stops than the six hundred. So great stat, be, by the it, way. Is it going to be? Is it going to be? Geez, <laughs> statistician. Hashtag. More mile and a half. What do we got going yeah, on no, here? I I'm, I don't get it. How, and and then like, is it the shifting that's hurting short tracks? What is it? See, I don't think we get greedy with it. Like we know that it's working at the mile and a halfs that we go to. Great. Now we focus on the short tracks. Like we we make that racing better. And NASCAR said that that's what they're working on. So like, don't get greedy and think you know oh we need more mile and a halfs. It's like no, we've got a good mix of different tracks. You're telling NASCAR track. fans to not do what they can't help but do. <laughs> You know what? Go ahead and f- blow the dust off of Kentucky and Chicago and tell them we're coming back <laughs> well, it's, well, for it's, some slide jobs. It's important to talk about because, yeah. you know, Phoenix announced today, one, they're sold out for the championship yeah. race, so you want to have a good product there, and two, that they're going to have the championship race again next year. So it's important to have a great race then because, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of eyes on that race for sure. Maybe. I don't want to go down too far the rabbit hole. i got some ideas as to why this car performs better on intermediates than it does on short tracks. Let's just go. There's a bunch of stuff to break down here in pit road boats and woes. We got people legs sniping, people catching on fire. Let's break it down right here. Pit road boats and woes. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, but quick first, before we jump into pit road boats and woes, Chuck, I'm feeling a little bit hungry. Well, you know what? And I know Merriman knows a lot about this, but Wendy's has got a new $5 biggie bag, and you can get great value with zero compromise. Man, he knows his way around some hot, crunchy fries, don't he? He does. And guess what you get within this? You can get a double stack junior bacon cheeseburger, crispy chicken BLT, plus four chicken nuggets, small fries, and a small drink. Now, you can make the choice there between the uh, sandwiches. You know, you don't have to – you don't get all three, I don't think. I saw, I saw ore. Yeah, there's an ore in there. But those listening, they might not have seen the ore. Dude, you ever had them spicy nuggets? They are so tasty. They are tasty, but make sure it's only five bucks. Yeah, it's everything you'd want in a bag for just five bucks. Five bucks. I don't know about tax, but – you yeah, know, well, inflation's you know. tough this time of year. It's a thing. Wendy's $5 biggie bag is a deal worth celebrating. So go check them out. Swing by Wendy's. Get you a biggie bag. That's you know what I'm going to get ready to go do. Grab me one while you're at it. Pit Road Boats and Woes. Time with front tire changer for Ryan Blaney's car, Ryan Flores. How was your day? Short. <clears throat> well, Way longer short. than mine. It didn't feel short. We did like eight, seven or eight pit stops. Uh, what? Lap, do you guys crash after the halfway? Right, break? right at it, right at halfway. I called you uh, about. I figured you were on the way home, and I called you, and he's like, oh, "I might, I might have to go back in. Somebody just got ran over." Yeah. What happened there? What transpired? Uh, so the 
11 was in pit stall one, the 22 pit stall two, and the 99 in pit stall three, and they're all right on top of each other. Yep. I was more frustrated with Denny at the in that moment because he hit Jeremy Ogles to stop before the tire carrier, and then they they switched what they did and actually had Jeremy go from behind the car and Tanner Andrews, the front changer, bring his own tire out just so they'd have room. Tanner sat down, and Denny ran his ran his knee over or did ran his, his leg over. Did his leg go under the tire? Um, I, I've had seen a great angle of it but yes it, it went under the left rear Ugh. um and it sprained his mcl so hopefully and he, he finished the stop finished the race whoa because they were like i was standing there watching you got hit uh yeah at Sh- charlotte yeah charlotte's the place where you're gonna get hit it's the tightest the, bo- pit the boxes, boxes are narrow it's the tightest pit boxes of anywhere we go and this pit road speed is still you know pretty Fast. high because of uh because it's a mile and a half but that is a place that is is very conducive to getting hit, and pit stall two there is very challenging to pit in. So, you're mad at Denny? Yeah. Well, I wasn't. I was mad at Denny, but I was also upset with like the, like the way they handled themselves. Like if my guy hit somebody, I'm over there. Like, hey man, you all right? Checking on them. Like, granted, those guys are all young. They got uh, two guys on there that are suspended. Sam McCauley, who we know well, was crew chiefing because Gabe Hart's out. And, like, nobody even, like, yeah, man, we ran him over. Nobody even said anything. They weren't trying to stop long. I don't know if they were pissed off that Joey picked that pit stall, too, but he qualified 23rd. It's not like he qualified 5th and picked it. They were just kind of pricks about the whole deal. It was like, there's no better way to put it. Like, wait a minute. Like, we're we're all working together here. And, and But the 22 couldn't stop short because he had to go around the 99. Yeah. Yeah, and the 22 cut off the 99 guys, too. But there's a difference between cutting guys off when they're running out and running people over when they're sitting down. It's hard. To, I will say this, though, and I'm not sticking up for anybody. It is hard to see and gauge how much. Because you want to try to get as tight to the guys right front, pulling into the box yeah. as you can get. Obviously, but, it wasn't intentional. But if you're no in means. pit stall one and you have all the opening out, you, you can, can go you long. Can take more, and they weren't taking it. Yeah, they weren't moving a sign forward. They weren't doing any of that. I I understand the game. I understand how it's played. But what I what I am frustrated with is like, man, if I roll my right front tire into their pit box, it's a penalty impeding their pit stop. But if he drives over me, it's not. Well, should there's, no, the there's no consequence. Move out of the way. Hey, man, I got a job to do. All <laughs> right, I'm just out there in the coal mine trying to feed my family. I'm getting run over. But I, luckily, it wasn't me that got ran over. But that—that that was like the frustration I How's had. How's he doing? Is he going to be able to pit this I, week? I think so. I think so. Yeah, he's. You know what they say? If you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. That's it. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned that second pit stall is when Todd was crew chiefing. That was like I feel like he invented that. Yeah, and his guys were hey, like his guys were just as frustrated with him, especially at Charlotte. Now at Charlotte. It's maybe the best pit box on pit road when it's just open. Yeah. And but you Denny, can get in but, and out. But Denny gets in a wreck, makes a mistake, then Joey ends up with the number one box, right? Yeah, and if but, he doesn't, then you're in a scrum all day and you lose a bunch of track position and you don't get it back. That's what happened. But how irritating is it for well, – you, you touched on it a little bit, but, like, if you're Denny, you qualify on the pole. Some dude in 23rd who's going to be running on the lead lap every lap is going to pick this box. It's, it doesn't matter important. if they pick it. It's only if they're running in front of you. Yeah. Right, because the, and the way they were running, it was the ninety nine was in pit stall three. He was, he was like call it sixth. Joey was seventh, and Denny was like ninth. So they would all come like right around each other at the same time, and right. it, and, and the nineteen was pitting as well. So they couldn't really stop super short. And it's just it's messy, dude. The pit boxes at Charlotte are small. They're smaller than any other mile and a half we go to. And it's a it's a really important place to qualify well and get an opening. That being said, I felt like the eleven team could have done a better job giving them room. I understand the game of not taking like not you know blocking guys in and doing all that. I understand that, but there's it's definitely a messy, games there. It's just a messy game when you start running guys over, right? Because if you run guy, okay, well now he's pissed. He's leaving. He might clip your guy, right? Right, and that or knock out the jack. There's nothing good that comes out of that. No. So, uh, so yeah, that was a mess. But why, why do we see more fires? My shit caught on fire. The five car caught on fire. There was somebody else caught on fire. I don't quite like because when a spark and gasoline mix. Yeah, it was. It might have just been because uh, constant like just our yeah. coincidence. Coincidence, yeah. but um, if you get spill too much gas and you spark a lug nut, kaboom, mm. Duke kaboom, Duke kaboom, Duke kaboom. But the three Duke, car wins the day. Big new, tickets. Yep, big tickets, gold chains, fresh haircuts, new TV show, P1 on pit road. Let's mm. go. New baby. New baby. Oh, yeah, let's An- go. A- another new dad. Had a- he had a better day than 
uh, considerably. Well, he did until he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I would. I don't know what's worse, like wrecking out on lap sixty, watching the the barn burn of a finish from the couch, or going all the way till you can see the lead and you're in the lead, and then you trash yourself with three laps to go. I don't know. It'd be worse. I was having fun. We were doing a lot of pit stops. But we were doing good stops, and I was having fun. It was like it was like pit practice, but. What's not what's what's not gonna be like pit practice this weekend? Pit yeah, what do you know about wide, worldwide worldwide wide wide, wide so, technology race? I've only been there once, and it was with Tyler Reddick when he was driving a truck. Yeah, and he blew the transmission out of it before he got to the start finish line, taking the green flag. So I didn't really pit it. <laughs> sorry, sorry guys, sorry. The pits when I look at the pit boxes, they're asphalt. It looks a little bit like New Hampshire pit boxes, but when I look at pit road, it's narrow like Dover. Like when you leave actually out on the pit road. And it's it's a little funky when you get to pit road. You it's a curve. You you I think you come in off of turn four. Uh, yeah, it's an access a, road. Yes, yeah, so you yeah. take the access road in. There's a wall on the outside of you and the inside, and you'll you'll take a big curve getting in there. I would if it was me if I was a crew chief and as narrow as it is leaving. So the two lanes that aren't where the pit stalls are that you'd be driving down yeah. are pretty tight. I would want to pick as far towards turn one as I could. Because even if you have a good stop, if someone comes out and merges in front of you, you have yeah, to check up for them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting pit road. Asphalt, as I said, asphalt boxes and asphalt running lanes. But uh, we'll see. Ten sets of tires. So you'll be able to rifle some tires on. And I think this race will look a lot like a New Hampshire race. Interesting enough, we're going to break that down right here after Pit Road Boats and Woes. Stay tuned after the break. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we're back. We are headed to Worldwide Wide Wide Technology Raceway. First ever time for the Cup Series. First time for me on the racetrack, actually. Last time I was there, I was about seven years old with my dad. We'd always load up during the summer and go on a little motorhome trip. Uh, so my last recollection of Gateway was – I told you this. Did I say this story on the podcast about my kickstand melting into yeah, the asphalt? Yeah. Yep. So it is hotter than the devil's armpit. I don't wonder what the weather's going to be like this weekend, but I'm sure it's going to be a toasty one. Make sure you hydrate up if you're lucky enough to come watch us in person. I wonder how many guys have r- run at Gateway. I can tell you. One second. What? You're supposed to have this on tap. I, was well, I didn't know you were going to ask me this question. Hold well, on. you should have read my mind, Merriman. Uh, I can tell you real quick who's won. Who's won? Kyle Busch? Kevin Harvick's won there. Kyle Busch. Bubba Wallace won in the trucks. Cole Custer has won in the trucks. Justin Haley, Ross Chastain won in the trucks. Oh, a decent amount of guys yeah. have raced. Martin Trex Jr., Brad Keselowski. Yeah. I'm sure Eric Jones has run a couple truck races there as well. Christopher Bell's got a win there. Did you say him? I believe I did. Yeah. Oh, so there's a decent amount. There's probably yeah, 15, 18, 20 guys. I mean, he probably raced there. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably more than that who's run there, but at least 10 of them, I think, have won. Have some dubs. Truck race, yeah. Yeah. So there's obviously some guys that have opportunities, access to the simulators. I'm sure they'll have that plugged in, dialed in, uh, that of which I do not. So first lap, of, first lap of practice, man, that's the first time I'll see it. I'm sure we'll be shifting. Uh, I forgot. So turn three and four is the real flat sweeping corner, right? And the turn one and two is like kind of the banked tighter radius corner. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yep. So we'll definitely be seeing some shift in there. Merriman can get, probably get your ride in the iRacing League. Could you? Yeah. Coca-Cola iRacing Series. But it already happened by the time people are listening Tuesday, to 8.30. Go back and watch the replay if you want to. It's on YouTube. You yeah, can watch it's on, it. It's on YouTube, but yeah. You Who do you come race it on my rig. I could. I'll blow the dust off it. 
Yeah. You got room for us tonight? Come on. Can you stick us in the field? Pro- promoter's well, choice? I'm, I'm, I'm not race control. <laughs> Maybe you can make it. Send an email. What do you do? Uh, I waste a lot of time on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Suck all of our oxygen out of the room. Another, hey, another big news, besides excited to go to Gateway, it's always right, wrong, or indifferent, good, bad, whatever the show ter- turns out to be. Uh, it's always cool to go to a, a market that NASCAR has had a presence in in the past with the Xfinity cars, but we're going back with the Cup cars. It's always always cool to go to a new venue and just see a different scene with some Cup cars on the racetrack. Also, we're going to see a different scene behind the wheel at Watkins Glen Project Ninety One, as they're calling it, Trackhouse, doing big things per usual on the racetrack as well as off. They're bringing Kimi Raikkonen, the Ice Man. To the Cup Series, I was super pumped up to hear that. The Iceman cometh indeed. How much do you think it'll get the attention it deserves this time? Because I feel like that double-duty race at Charlotte was at 13, maybe. The old perky-jerky Toyota Camry, (laughs) he was driving in the truck as well as Xfinity car. I feel like it wasn't covered that much. Now, with some social media, obviously TV broadcasts are going to be showing him pretty much the entire time. Where do you think he runs? Plus or minus 20th? I was going to say, if he's... If he's fifteen to twentieth, that's a massively successful day, in my opinion. Yeah. For, bro, I think he runs inside the top twenty. You think? Yes. Hi, dude. He ran in Formula One for D- yeah, but years. keeping yeah, up but with you, like watching how much of a scrum it is from that's twelfth to twenty second. Getting caught in that mess is what I would say. Is dude, it's the be. Hornets nest. It's and it is. believe you me. I'm laying the bumper to a <laughs> F1 World Champion <laughs> yeah. if I can get there, from one seven to another, Iceman. Shippeth. You're gonna, you're gonna make him <laughs> spill his macchiato. I'm not gonna ship him because that's just inconsiderate. Yeah. And I'm a gentleman, but I'm gonna definitely give him a door just I, to say I give Kimmy Reckon like, a hey. door. I wonder if it if he doesn't get the credit he deserves because like like Daniel Ricardo would be like in your face. It'd be exciting. And Kimmy's like, yeah, racing. You know, like he's not one to like jump on social media. And be like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and I think you really have to be a follower of the sport, being F one, to like really truly appreciate Kimi Räikkönen for who he is yeah. and his ability. I mean, radio communication is going to be amazing because he does not like spotter chatter, does he? From what no. I hear, leave me alone. Yeah, he's I know gonna, what I'm doing. He's going to have five at Watkins Glen, <laughs> and you also know like the red carpet's going to be rolled out yeah. from Chevy from Trackhouse in terms of just getting him prepared. They'll have him multiple times on the simulator. I'm sure they'll pop in. I believe Sonoma. Is Sonoma first? I'm sure they might have him out there spectating that. But, you know, we saw Kevin Magnuson and Mick Schumacher drive a a Stuart Haas old cup car with an Xfinity motor in. And I talked to Chase Briscoe this past week. And he's like, dude, those guys took one lap of like a peek at it. And they were driving in past our braking markers and hitting the, like making the corner. So that is the pinnacle of motorsports in the world. And you don't, like, there's guys that kind of pay for a ride, maybe in Formula 3, too. But you have to be a world-class wheelman to be in F1 multiple years. And Kimi Räikkönen was in there for almost as long as the majority of people listening to the podcast has been alive. He's a champion, too. Yes. Like, not only did he run in F1, he won a championship. So I, I think... But I want to beat him just as and bad. No, and, and no doubt. But I And I also think that they're... He may run up in 19, and you know, he may run up in the top 20. Does he finish there? Like, he may have I think a good he, showing. I think he finishes between 14th and 19th. I feel like those guys always get shipped. Like, somebody ships him at the end, like, all right, I've had enough. Maybe why are you, why you pointing at me? Oh, well, I'm no, saying maybe somebody not as gentlemanly as you. You're going to give him a nudge, a little hello tap, you know, to say he did it, but, you know. Well, that that's another, that's another good point. Like, if you're getting to the braking zone, into the bus stop, and you're – between shipping the guy that you raced the next week and for the next 10 weeks after that, when you know Kimmy's not going to be racing the next week, like he's getting the door. Like he's not getting the benefit of the doubt. That's What's just he going to do when someone's works. next to him? Because F1's just a parade lap. Oh my gosh. Isn't that, what do you do? I don't think he's not scared. Or, he won't be. I think he'll rub fenders just because that's the first time he's ever had the opportunity to. Yeah. Who else would we put on a list? You mentioned Daniel Ricardo. Who are two, three other guys that we'd love to see? I'd like to see Lewis. Like, oh, I think it's hard, but like that. they did Imagine when I was a guy at wearing a dress show up at the racetrack in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> when I was at Stuart Haas, he, uh, him and Tony yeah, did a swap. Him yeah. and Tony yeah. did a swap. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they hung out at Watkins Glen. So I don't think it's something that, you know, he's pretty outspoken about how much he, you know, likes it spending time in, in, what about know, Carl Edwards coming back? Project 91. What, what if he that? comes back at Gateway and then Rex Brad Keselowski again? <laughs> 
<laughs> ain't gonna do that to my boy. Who else, Chuck? <laughs> give Chuck, me your Chuck's guy. Locked up. It's <laughs> his home. Right? It's his home I know, track. I know. I know. Chuck, who, give me your guy. Who do I? I mean, I'd like to see Lewis Hamilton. Uh, you know, you can't use his answer. I know, but I'm saying there's another guy, uh, Jimmy Johnson. I'd like to see him running a cup race. Oh yeah. Time. You know, he's, he's really I wouldn't mind seeing Marco. I've got over. some things in the work with Jimmy Johansson. Hey. He may. I'm trying to get him on the show. Maybe even do a helmet swap. I've hey. guilted him into it. <laughs> Talk to him a little Use bit about guilt. his Indy 500 experience. Yeah. Love uh, to have him on the show and talk about it. I think it's I think it's probable, Chuck. Could be. Probable. Well, another cool thing that's happening this weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Um, wait, wait, wait. Richard Petty. No, you got to really lean into it. Worldwide, worldwide, worldwide Raceway. Yeah. Wait, wait. yeah. Uh, Richard Petty's going to be doing the ceremonial first laps, like speaking to somebody else that like you'd like to see. Like I wish I could have seen Richard Petty run in, in his heyday, but like seeing Chuck, him go you're out almost there. forty. You probably remember '92 Atlanta. Heyday. Yeah. I oh, said sorry. heyday. I didn't say. Is he driving? He's driving the car. Under over, he comes off when he comes off the track when he's supposed to. I it's, think that's part of the brand now. He's got to at least take an extra lap. It, it's it's not during any type of competition yeah. thing. It's like a ceremonial thing. So I think he'll be like, I'm just going to keep going. Aye. <laughs> But, you know, race core, first cup driver to it's turn a lap at Worldwide Technology Raceway, way, 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 will be Richard Petty, which would be kind of cool. Uh, what what car is he driving? Uh, it is, the, it's it's in this here. The 20. I'm going to guess it's probably some blue and orange number 43. <laughs> is it 43. a Superbird? Hmm? Uh, is 1981 yeah, Daytona 500 winning car? Okay. That's yeah. a Pontiac probably. 1981 Daytona 5 winning, 500 winning car. The very first Cup Series practice. Does it say what the model of the car is? Yeah. I'm sure Junior could have been a statistician. He'd probably hit us with it. That's cool. That is cool. That's uh, Seeing him. Also, shout out to Richard Petty, man. He's like, he's uh, timeless. He's timeless. It's like you asked me when we did that show in Darlington, what was the coolest thing I'd seen on the track at Darlington? I screwed up and didn't give you the right answer. It was when Kyle Petty drove the 21 car around the track. It's like seeing that old car, hearing that old engine. Same type of thing, I think, with this. With hearing that sound of that car rumble and you know, the cry? king's behind the wheel, are we gonna cry, Chuck? A little bit. I'm gonna shed a tear in my beer. Well, we're, we're gonna have some people cry when their questions are read for Penny for your thoughts. Jane, what do we got? First question from at Austin Drake. What do we got? Austin wants to know, hey, Corey, this car shines on intermediates, like with that incredible Coca-Cola 600, but seems to underperform on short tracks. Why do you think that is, and what could they do to the car or package to up the short track performance? Uh, man, that's a laundry list of stuff. A couple quick things, one of which I think Goodyear's still trying to understand what how these cars wear for short track stuff. I think they can bring a little bit softer tire specifically left sides, and I think that NASCAR is working on getting rid of the diffuser, so taking a little bit more downforce off these cars when we go back to Richmond, when we go back to Martinsville. So if we keep the cars a little bit less stuck to the racetrack, um, because now we have 25% more rubber on the ground due to larger, wider wheels, I think if we took some downforce off to match, you'll have some comers and goers and should make the short tracks a little bit more uh, is what we're accustomed to seeing. So nobody wants the short tracks to be more racy than this guy, and I know NASCAR is certainly working on it. So I was watching pit crews set up their boxes and noticed that one crew was using a Coke can, spraying Coke in their box, and then I go to another pit box, and they're spraying something different. I'm imagining everyone's got their own stuff, but I'm thinking that they're trying to get it sticky. What's what's the protocol for that? Yeah, everybody does something a little different, like, Pat, so I just, as we know, I just got switched. So Pat on the two car, he's really diligent about spraying. It's, it's a lot like the PJ one they spray on the racetrack. It's pretty much the same stuff. And he'll put it in a, in a bottle, pressurized bottle and spray like a real good film down on the box. And then Graham, I knew Jackman on the 12, he just organic concrete doesn't, doesn't worry about it. But there was a point in time when we, we only sprayed Coca-Cola and then, uh, it got to VHT or, or, PJ1, whatever you want to call that stuff. Then NASCAR said, hey, we can't use that stuff anymore. We think it's going to hurt the surface of the racetrack, ironic enough. So people went to just the straight syrup that you get, like if you were to get a fountain drink, uh, because it's more sticky. So you would spray that. But yeah, there's there's still guys that use either Coca-Cola or or um, like a, a VHT PJ1, both of which do a good job. Some some pit boxes need it more than others. I was going to say, can you tell a difference in like timing with getting in and getting out? You, 
<laughs> one time I sprayed it like Kansas and it wasn't real. Um, I was pretty new. It was er like my early, my cup change of career. And I sprayed it at Kansas, I think. And the cloud cover came at the same time. It didn't quite dry. And like the 31 guys were behind us. And the guy jumped off the wall and busted his ass. Cause it wasn't, <laughs> I felt so bad. Well, I was James like, Bottle Oh, that's slick. So they were like out there cleaning it off. <laughs> like, oh, but like any West coast track, you have to cake the box to get any grip. But like Charlotte this weekend, we didn't spray. There's some boxes where the lines are just real slippery. But yeah, you, you'll notice a difference. Sometimes uh, you'll notice a difference if it's slick, but sometimes you'll notice a big difference if it's too sticky. You can't slide as much. There's a little bit of sliding that goes along in the, in the reading the car and doing that type of stuff. And then uh, another thing is some of that stuff, when it gets gas on, it gets extra slippery. So you have to watch. Some people will spray the whole pit box and just not spray where the gas man is. Everybody's got their little their own little quirk that uh, they kind of think is better. If you walk down pit road after the anthem, some of those pit boxes will pull your shoes off and your feet. It'll ruin some like shoes pretty quick too. Yeah. I'm a dude. Even though I'm a finely tuned athlete, I still am like dad bot. I'm not fast enough to take advantage of the extra grip. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. That was a great show. Yeah, I'm over fun. it though. Yeah. Let's, let's just wrap this up, shall we? Like a nice breakfast burrito. And Penny Stacker of the Week is none other than my wife uh, for delivering our second child, Jensen Daniel, uh, here and healthy. Round of applause. Good job, Kelly. You were the Penny Stacker of the Week. There was plenty of potential Penny Stackers out of Charlotte this weekend, but unfortunately you did not have my second child, so I'm sorry. Uh, good luck next week to be Penny Stacker of the Week. Uh, another Penny Stacker, one of my all-time favorite humans, Kenny Wallace's. St. Louis's own is going to join us for a spare change dropping this Saturday, so you don't want to miss that spare change. Make sure you're going to hear me and Kenny Wallace catch up a bit as he give me some tips to help me navigate St. Louis by the hometown kid himself. I'm excited about that. Uh, and as always, we appreciate you for giving us your time to listen to us ramble. Like, subscribe, review, rate, cuss at us, whatever you want to do, and tweet Penny for your thoughts. Uh, so we will talk to you all next week. That is Stack and Penny.